He'll be forever mine. Isn't that great news? It's great news, isn't it? If you have your Bibles or your iPhones, let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 10 to 15. 2 Chronicles 15, verses 10 to 15. They assembled at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of Asa's reign. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 head of cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. Amen. Where are the kids? I have a question for you. Do you know that it is only 287 more sleeps till Christmas? Oh, look at that! Now... If you could see what I see from here, when I said that, the kids are like, and the parents, what was yours? What happens to us? Where did all of that anticipation go that we had as children? In the Bible passage that was read for us, in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of that same passage, he ends it by saying, anticipating the best, they sought God and he was found by them anticipating the best, not anticipating leftovers from God, not anticipating everyday ordinary humdrum, but anticipating the very best, they sought God and he was found by them. Would you bow with me in prayer as we anticipate the very best from God's word tonight? Father God, we come as your children in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and boldly approach your throne by him. We come tonight anticipating the very best, As we open your word, we come tonight and declare that we are seeking you and know your promise that we will find you again. So, Father, speak to us, your children. And where you know we need to be encouraged, Father, we open ourselves to that encouragement. But in the same confidence as your children, by the blood of Christ, we say, challenge us, Father, where you know that we need to be challenged to be all that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 10 to 15. We're going to look at that passage together tonight. Anticipating the best, they sought God and he was found by them. And he gave them peace on every side, the message paraphrase says. When I look at it, I see that King Asa gathered all the people together. Queen Miriam has gathered all the people together. And we worshipped as they worshipped. We worshipped the living God and we brought our offerings. Thank you for not bringing 700 head of cattle tonight. (laughs) 
would make quite the supper afterwards, but there'd be nowhere in the meantime to put them. But they came and they worshiped. They came and they brought their offerings. And it says they entered then into a covenant. They joined together in a promise to seek God. They anticipated the best. When I think about the children's eyes, when I talk about it only being 287 more sleeps till Christmas, that anticipation, what happens in our lives that we maybe don't have that same level of anticipation? What is it that happens in our lives, even when we approach God, even when we come in here tonight, that causes us not to maybe anticipate the best? To say, well, we're going to another meeting, we're going to see who these crazy Canucks are, find out how they ended up here and what they think they're going to do while they're here. And so you've come anticipating the ordinary. And if you've come to look at us, you're going to get the ordinary. But if you've come seeking Jesus, you can anticipate the very best. Come seeking him tonight. Look way beyond us to the one we follow and anticipate the best. When I fail to anticipate the best, I can always nail it down to two reasons. There's always two reasons that get in the way of me anticipating the best when I look to his word, when I gather to worship him. It's one of two things. It's either the past or it's the present. Kind of covers it all, doesn't it? It's either the past or the present. So often the past can get in the way of us anticipating the best because we feel we don't deserve the best. My past does not deserve the best from God. But he says, Floyd... I have loved you with an everlasting love in spite of your past. Paul in his letter to to the Philippians says, I forget what is behind and I press on towards the goal. I forget what's behind, forgetting the past. And he had some great things in his past as well as some not so great things. He had in his past a persecution of the followers of Jesus. He was out to get them. That was things in the past that he wanted to forget that were forgiven. But he also says forgetting what's behind, period. He had some great things he had done. He had done some great things for God. But he leaves those behind. Because we approach God not because of what we've done, the good, the bad, the ugly. But we approach God with an anticipation of the very best. Because he loves us and made it possible by Christ's expression of his love. By his crucifixion, his willing death on our behalf. And his resurrection. Forgetting what's behind. There's nothing I have done. There's nothing you have done. That prevents God from loving you. And wanting to give you his very best. And for those of you who think you're pretty good. There's nothing you have done. That is so good that makes God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. Even before you were born. Even before you did anything. He showed you how much he loved you by sending his son Jesus to die. So whether it's good, bad, ugly in my life, it doesn't matter. Don't let the past, don't let the past prevent you from anticipating the best. It may be, as Tracy indicated in her own story, it may be not a past that you're responsible for, but a past you've had to live through. It may not be choices that you've made that have caused the past to be something that makes you feel, I don't really deserve the best from God. I'll settle for the seconds. He doesn't have seconds. He only has the very best. In Romans chapter 8, 28, there's a verse there that says, we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him, called according to his purpose. My grandfather taught me a very simple lesson when it came to that verse. He said, Floyd, actually he said Floydy, but don't you call me that. He could get away with it. He said, Floyd, D, 
take your hands and go like this. Do it with me. He said, now weave the fingers together and put them in your lap. He said, there is nothing that has or ever will come into your life that hasn't been filtered through his hands. He said, now I didn't tell you that everything that's coming into your life, he sent you. Because some of what comes into your life is a result of choices you'll make. Some of what will come into your life will be a result of choices someone else makes. But nothing will come into your life that has not been filtered through his hands. And he says in Romans 8, 28, whatever it is that comes into your life, I will use it. I will use it and I will do something good with it according to my purpose. And his purpose is bigger than me being happy. His purpose is bigger than me being comfortable. His purpose is bigger than the edge being gone. His purpose is found in Romans 8.29. And you all know that as well, right? Don't quote Romans 8.28 without Romans 8.29. Because his purpose is in 29. His purpose is that we would be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's his purpose for our lives. That we would become his children. We would accept his invitation to be his sons and daughters. And then he would journey with us through our lives to become more and more like his son, Jesus. And he says, I'll take whatever's been a part of your past. I'll take whatever's coming in, whatever's been there, whatever lies ahead. I'll take it and I'll use it for that purpose. Anticipate the best, regardless of your past. Tonight, there may be some here who's saying, I'd love to seek Jesus with all my heart. I'd love to seek him and anticipate the best, but I've got a past. I'm going to invite you later tonight to leave your past at the cross. I'm going to invite you to leave your past at the cross so you leave here anticipating the very best because Jesus died for you to have the very best. And if it's not the past, sometimes it's the present. Sometimes it's simply the present that I'm living with, the circumstances. You're sitting there and you're saying, yeah, but Floyd, you don't know who I am. You don't know where I am. You don't know what's going on in my life. And you're right. But I know someone who does. I know someone who does and who's saying, I have the very best in mind for you, regardless of what's happening in your life right now. And you might say, but God can never have something great for me because I've... Listen to these people. Listen to these people. God had something great. He had the best for Abraham. But Abraham was a bit old. Didn't stop God from having the very best for him. He had something for Noah, even though Noah got drunk. God still had the very best for Noah. He had something for Joseph. Joseph came from a bit of a dysfunctional family. When all your older brothers put you in the pit and then sell you off, there might be a dysfunction in your family. Might be a sign. But God had something for Joseph that was amazing, that was the best. He had something for Jacob, even though Jacob was a liar. God had something for Jacob. Even though Rahab was a prostitute, God had something in mind for her that was the very best. Even Ruth, who was widowed. Even David, and we know David's story. We don't need to go there. God still had something in mind for him. Even Solomon, who played with temptation. God still had something for him. Even John the Baptist, who smelled and ate locusts and honey. I can't imagine locusts without the honey, but I'm not doing locusts with the honey either. God had something for him, odd as he was. For Peter who was impulsive, for Thomas, who doubted, for Timothy, who was too young, for Lazarus, who was too dead. God still had something for him. The very best, it was called life. I'll take that. Don't anticipate that there's anything in your present reality that can prevent God from giving you his very best.
Jesus said to his disciples. And they all came from different walks of life. And they all came from positions where people had different perspectives on who they are. And why would Jesus ever pick them? And all he said to them was, follow me. Follow me. No questions. No ifs, ands, or buts. No qualifying. Just follow me. So if your present reality is one in which you say, I don't know. Can you hear Jesus say, just follow me. We'll deal with all that stuff. Just follow me. I've got something great for you. I've got the very best for you. If you'll just follow me. There may be people here tonight. And you may have well been following Jesus for a long time. But you've allowed yourself to settle. You've allowed yourself to settle for whatever God might have left over. Or whatever is from your past experience of him. And you're riding on that. He doesn't want you to ride on the past experience. He's got a new experience of his great compassion. New every morning. And he says whatever's going on in the present... Don't let that stop you from facing this day, facing tomorrow morning, anticipating God's very best. There may be some here today saying, I've never really followed Jesus. I've heard a lot about him. But in my present situation, I don't fit like with everybody else. And God really wouldn't have me on the same team as all of them. We are all on the same team. We are all sinners. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. And Jesus reaches out to us and says, follow me. Follow me. I have something amazing for you. Anticipate the very best. And so as they gathered, they worshipped. And it says they covenanted. They joined together. They didn't do this on their own. But together, they covenanted to seek God. The message for us is this is not a solo journey. We're gathered here tonight because we're a people of God. We're a people that God died for. We're a family he wants to bring together. We're a group of disciples that he wants us to follow him together and learn from each other, encourage each other, challenge one another, spur one another on towards good deeds. And they covenanted together. It wasn't a private and personal thing they went off and did on their own. But rather, together, they covenanted to seek God with their whole heart, their whole mind, their whole soul. Anticipating the best, God gave a word to his people. When they were captive, when life was out of control for them, they had no control over their lives, they were in captivity. God had a word for his people through the prophet Jeremiah in verse, chapter 29, verse 11. You may well have heard this verse. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, plans not to hurt you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. But a few verses down gives the understanding of how do we anticipate that very best how do we anticipate that hope and that future he says in the same passage in the same breath he says if you seek me with your whole heart you will find me there's a promise but there's a premise the premise is that we seek him with our whole heart we commit ourselves totally to finding God and following him he says when you seek me holding nothing back you will find me I will not play hide and seek with you Seek me with your whole heart. Then I love this. It says, anyone who would not seek the Lord, anyone who would not join the covenant, man, woman, boy, or girl, was put to death. Now that's the way to have an altar call. <laughs> right? Forget Billy Graham and the buses will wait. No, no. <laughs> right? Those who will follow Jesus line up here, those who want the guillotines over there. Make way, they're coming through. What he was really saying and clearly making known is that it is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death whether or not we choose to seek him. 
Whether or not we choose to follow him, it's a matter of life and death. Tonight, tonight, choose Jesus. Tonight, follow him. Regardless of what the past has been, regardless of what you think the present is, neither limit what what a God who does the impossible wants to do in your life and for you tonight. And it says they anticipated the best. They didn't let the past get in the way. They didn't even let their present circumstance get in the way. But they sought him with their whole heart, mind, and soul. They anticipated the best, and they sought God. And it says he was found by them, and he gave them peace on every side. Imagine living like that. Imagine living life with peace on every side. Everywhere you turn, there's peace. Everywhere you turn, there's this shalom of God, this peace of God that's greater than no conflict. It's bigger than no conflict. It's this confidence that God is in control and I don't need to worry because he's only got my best in mind. Are you ready to seek him tonight? We approach that as individuals, but we approach that as a body of believers. We approach that for the Salvation Army. There's nothing in the past for the Salvation Army. Nothing in our past. That's not only our bad stuff, but that's also our good stuff. Let's leave the past in the past. And as Isaiah said to the people of God on behalf of God, don't live in the past, forgetting what's behind. See, I'm doing a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in and through the Salvation Army. Do you believe that? He doesn't want us to live in our past glories. He wants us to let go of those. Those glories are his, not ours. Let's remember that. Those past glories, those past victories are his, not ours. He let us share them. He let us experience them, but they're not ours. They're his. So let's let them go. Our past failings, yeah, we know what they are. Let's let them go and anticipate he has something yet he wants to do in the Salvation Army. In today's present situation, have we got it all together? No. Look at ordinary stands before you. But God is bigger than our present reality. God has a vision for the Salvation Army in this nation that is bigger than the current provision we see in ourselves and in our resources. And if we are limiting the vision of what God wants to do in the Salvation Army based on who our officers are, who our employees, our soldiers, or based on our bank statement, we are underselling the vision that God has for the Salvation Army. Do you believe that? God wants to transform Australia, and he wants an army that's available to his mission. And we are to be that army. You are that army. You are that army. Will you anticipate the best? Will you seek him tonight, anticipating the best for yourself? For this army, your army, for this nation. When we surrender our past, when we surrender even our present reality, God can and will do amazing things in us, and through us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and help us tonight as we sing. And as we come and seek him, tonight I know there are those here tonight, you know who you are, that you need to seek again. You need to anticipate the best, not settle for anything less. And tonight we're going to invite you to come and stand here, come and kneel here. And we want to covenant with you. We want to pray with you. You will not stand alone. That's the beauty of the church, isn't it? No one stands alone. You come, you kneel, you come, you stand. We will stand with you. We will pray with you. We will kneel before God together and surrender ourselves again. Surrendering our pasts, surrendering our present limitations, 
and anticipating the best and being able to go out of here tonight saying, God has given peace on every side. God has given peace on every side. As we sing tonight, we're going to invite you to come. We're going to invite you to come and anticipate what God has for you. His very best. It may be a first-time decision to follow Jesus. It may be a first-time surrender. It may be a re-surrender. It may be Salvation Army soldiers, officers, long-time followers of Jesus who you're saying, it's time for a fresh surrender of my life. I want God's very best for me. Why? Because like Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, I want to be blessing. I want to be blessing others out of a fresh, everyday anticipation of what God wants to do. Will you tonight come? Will you tonight surrender again? Surrender to his very best. That's what he wants for you tonight.